Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Because it's not pretentious and it's not the product of 61 years of living in a bathtub. <laughs> and, you know, like most of the movies are. Right? No. And I, I would just say, I, I also watched uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. I don't you know if you... I'm yeah. watching that tonight. It's, it's streaming. fantastic. I'll bet it's great. Because 1918 was great. Yes. I bet it's great. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. 1918 oh, was great. It was, was great. It? Was it 1917? Whatever it was. Whatever. Whatever it was. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 1814, we took a little trip. <laughs> along with Colonel Jackson down to Miami, Mississippi. <laughs> the Tony Kornheiser Show is on... Now, those for your Johnny Horton fans, <laughs> the Battle of New Orleans. This comes from Shane Harris. Hello, I am a huge fan of PTI, like so many people. However, my wife, who isn't a sports fan, and I just will say parenthetically, probably an Ari Melber fan. However, my wife, who okay. isn't a sports fan, loves the picture behind Tony on PTI of the dog looking at the big tennis ball. Can you tell me where it came from so I can try to find a print? It came from Tom Mosser, of course, who writes. Here is a link to my website where prints can be found. There are four canvas print options for a golden retriever at the museum, and the full series is listed too. And this is www.tomtommosser.com. Uh, a merch store is coming too. You know, so that's, that's great. And he also thinks an epic Dan Byrne, Tom Mosser mailbag jingle duet should be in the offing when we go see him perform in Pittsburgh next week <laughs> at Club Cafe. And by the way, later in the show, Dan Byrne will actually sing a song. Uh, all of this is prelude to Chuck Todd, who had a great week. He had a three-in-one week. He is 68-65-2, which means he cannot finish under 500. He cannot and is likely to finish over 500. And the Jacksonville field goal late because they were down 10. And needed two scores real late. Made you ecstatic, didn't it? Uh, it was. It was a nice. Uh, it was a great moment in Las Vegas sports history. You know, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on that. Hey, I feel privileged. I'm part of the open. Does this mean I have to get angry and rant about something? Oh no, no. That's we oh, okay. saved that for Wilbon. <clears throat> you don't have to do that. I should point out. To people who are saying, well, Chuck Todd is always... Let me just tell you, it is all stinks. Yeah. All it stinks. Oh, sorry. It's junk. It's all <laughs> junk. Sorry, Shut up junk. and sit down. Such junk. Yeah, um, 68, 65, and 2 for Chuck Todd. But you people need to remember something, you people. We give him the games. If we allowed him to pick his own games like everybody else, I think you'd be 20 to 25 better, don't you think? That's, of course. We'll let everybody assume that. Yeah. Uh, oh, you might not. Who else gets a bad draw exactly. picking early in the week? But yeah. uh, you know, there's a lot of line moves. Yeah, you pick early. Yeah, it's not fair. Right. Well, then you just pick any line you want, and then you say, like "This is my 12 star <laughs> amazing bet. It should count as 12 wins." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm putting 12 down. That's a good one too. It's so yeah. great when he says, "You know, the first time I ever went to." It was. I got to. I went to the Super Bowl once in Las Vegas. Right. Which really means I went to Las Vegas to watch the Super Bowl. Right. I was really excited about this. This is in the late '90s, and we were at the Mandalay Sportsbook, and we thought, "Man, maybe we'll see some famous people here." I go to the bathroom, and I look at the urinal. I look to my left. James Carville. There you go. There and you it go. It felt like now I'm in Vegas. Yeah. Now it was. It was. It was like. He wanted nothing to do with me. Of course, if I went to do it now, he would want nothing to do with me. But he gave me sort of an Ari Melber. It was like, who are you? Yeah. I don't know. You know and it was, it was, it was Kornheiser. 
Uh, PTI show. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah. So, so great. All right. I love the Melbourne thing is really driving you crazy. It is. I mean, yes. Yeah. You don't like Melba toast either? You uh, about that? I do like Melba toast. I, I, my, you know, what was pointed out to me yesterday by someone who shall remain nameless is that he loves, that Melbourne loves to drop uh, rap music. He loves yes, he to does. quote uh, lyrics of rap music all the time, but obviously knows nothing about sports. No. So I, you, you wouldn't have seen this because I don't expect you to watch PTI, but at the end of PTI yesterday, I looked in the camera and I went, Ari Melber, this is PTI. <laughs> I, 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 happened, I did catch it. That's why I sort of uh, poked the bear this morning. I, I did see that last night. I mean, so. What do you think we do for dinner? Oh, yeah, okay. We make dinner and we watch, we watch you know, PTI without the commercials because okay. we don't want you to get paid. Uh, but, well, yeah. All right, here are the games. Uh, we're going to start with the NFC Championship game. San Francisco plus two and a half at Philadelphia. Um, Philadelphia played great in the one game when they came back. They played great. Jalen Hurts played great. No evidence of any injury whatsoever. Philadelphia's got a great offense. Uh, Philadelphia's got a great. Philadelphia's great. San Francisco's great too. Um, who you got? I, I'm 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 easily with San Francisco in my in my own head, and that's where I want to be. And I'm worried about that because I've, I've not I, – I, the Eagles come across as soft to me. I don't know how else to put it. I know they're not. Right. I know the statistics say they're not. But they're just – something feels that San Francisco is simply tougher, I guess, because they've been through this. They, you know, doesn't matter who their quarterback is. I don't know. I just – I think they're tougher, but I'm, I'm nervous because Philadelphia should – I mean – they should have a great home field advantage, yes. not just a good one. It should be a great home field, and that's got to be worth worth something. And and I do wonder about Purdy and yes. the Philadelphia sports fans, yes. not just any sports fans, right? Yes, is he is yeah. he going to blink in the moment? Yes, these are totally fair things. Philadelphia's good, but I, I bet you're influenced to a degree, maybe even subconsciously at this point, by the fact that Washington beat Philadelphia. Well, it's not just that; it just it just feels like um, there's something about being there before. And this does feel like this is Philly's first trip here, both the coach and the quarterback. I, yes. mean, I know the quarterback's been in big games in college, and I think that yes. we shouldn't underestimate that. But this coach, he's not been in a moment like this um, before. And, you know, and, and I, you know, that said, Shanahan, you know, we, we, we all annoyed him. You know, he doesn't have a ring yet. No, but he's got know? there. He's gotten there. Yeah. So I, 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 like I said, I just there's no way I'm not going to be in San Francisco, but I'm 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 nervous. I, I'm like I'm wishing I had more doubt about this, and okay. I know I should, but I don't. All right, we move to the next game: Cincinnati at Kansas City, where the entire balance of the game rests on the right ankle of Patrick Mahomes. Cincinnati is getting one. Cincinnati went in there last year and pounded. Kansas City, and they did. Um, mm-hmm. Both these teams have been to the Super Bowl. Mahomes has won a Super Bowl. So the, what you're talking about in the first game does not exist in the second game. You only get one if you pick Cincinnati. Who you got? Well, yeah, you're never really – it's no longer a spread. I don't, I don't know how much you pay attention to line movement. This line's been moving all week. Oh, is that right? It's, because of yeah, Mahomes. It started, yeah. Right. It started Kansas City minus – Two and a half for about yeah. a second and a half, right? Uh, or, and then, and then, and all of a sudden, Kansas City was favored by as much as. Oh, excuse me, Cincinnati was favored by as much as two. Um, I think that, like, 
an hour before he did his press conference to say, I feel great. And then that line, then it is where it is now. I, I, I think too much. I think if Mahomes were healthy, I'd still want to be with Cincinnati. And I say that because who does Mahomes throw to other than Kelsey? Only Kelsey. I said this last right. week on television. If somehow with the best <laughs> defense in all of the NFL – if they take away Kelsey, or at least he doesn't get 12 mm-hmm. catches, he gets four or five catches, what, what does Mahomes do? What does he do? So, I, the, 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 Those other receivers, I mean, Juju and, and, and uh, what do they call um MBS, Marcus Vance Scantling. And I they've think got K- uh, Kadarius Toney. He's out there, too. Yeah. yeah. None of them are number ones on many other teams. No, they, this, this, this is where you miss Tyreek Hill. Even I don't know if any of those receivers on Kansas City would start on Cincinnati. Well, Cincinnati's got studs. Yeah, I they mean, I studs. just, I think we, you know, we're sitting here talking about Mahomes, this Mahomes. Hat. I think Cincinnati has more talent. I think Cincinnati's a better team. I mean, this is not, and I, you know, if Cincinnati wins. I, I don't think it should be. Oh, Mahomes was hurt. Is my point here? Like, I think, I think they're the, you know. I think they're the they're the better team. They just happen to be the three seed. They just happen to start zero and two. Yeah, and then they've been the best team since then. So uh, I'm I'm riding with Cincinnati. Okie dokie. And I, I would, even have I would I'm holding same. two tickets. I I about seven weeks ago had I have uh, eleven to one on Cincinnati winning the Super Bowl, and I have twelve to one on San Francisco winning the Super Bowl. So it was about 10 weeks ago, maybe more, that I went on the PTI show and said San Francisco. It was as soon as they made the trade for Christian McCaffrey. I said they're going to the Super Bowl. Was that before or after the, the Garoppolo got hurt? That was before Garoppolo got hurt. And then I was stuck with it, and then I've watched Purdy go 7-0. and and, and look, I've said this before. What made Joe Gibbs one of the greatest coaches of all time is that he won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks, none of whom is in the Hall of Fame. Kyle Shanahan has gotten there with Jimmy Garoppolo. If he gets there with Brock Purdy, you got to think, wow, this guy is the yeah, he's he's really good, right? You have to think that. Have to, you have to. Yeah. Well, all I know is the biggest thing in my house is we've never been bigger New York Jets fans. Please overpay for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, just so you know, every one of my my Packer circle, and you know we're pretty intense Packer fans. The the, the group, it is unanimous. Everybody wants Rodgers out. Get out. Get out. There is not a Packer fan that no. wants him to stay. It's enough. It is. They want him out. They're it's, like, please, Woody Johnson, be an idiot. It's just It's just enough. <laughs> We're just tired yep. of your revelations about life. Shut up. Right? Isn't okay, that? Okay. The New York Post, but in Aaron Rodgers, please. This is what America needs. <laughs> this is what Stephen A. Smith needs. This is what daytime ESPN needs. I can't wait for the New York Post and Aaron Rodgers for a whole season. Yeah. It would be amazing. Thank you, Chuck. Good luck with these. Bye, guys. If we were to just give you Chuck Todd, the host of Meet the Press, that would certainly be enough. But we do more. We give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Sing along, Nigel's everybody. going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the bike, spy, too. Sometimes he throws poo, poo, poo. And he's had too much Johnny Walker blue. So Reginald was 2-2 two and two last week. Reginald is 34-26-1, and one, which is very, very good for a person let alone a monkey. A monkey. Right. So what has he got? 
Well, I went down to the National Zoo uh, to check in with him, as I like to do. Uh, it was a big celebration down there. I was unaware of this. He m- was part of making a movie that got an Oscar nomination. It was a really? short film called Monkey See, Monkey, monkey Do. Monkey Loosely based on... it's Well, it's, it's about the rise and fall of a monkey in the entertainment world, loosely based on the life of J. Fred Muggs. J. Fred Muggs, who used to do the Today Show. Exactly. It's very poignant. So he was excited. Lots of famous people there. Let me see who I wrote it. Henry Kissinger was there. He was there. Angelina Jolie. Earl Campbell, not okay. sure, not sure what he was doing there, and Bobcat Goldthwait, who that's, apparently goes back with him. So that's just yeah, a weird <laughs> melange. <laughs> that's the what crowd. does he have? So uh, yeah, they took a break from the festivities, and uh, we gave him both of these matches. And the first one was obviously Philadelphia giving two and a half at home, and he showed me a picture of him at a Golden Corral with Eric Lindros, Julius Irving, and I hope I'm pronouncing this name correctly. It's Vince Papal. Is that right? Or Papale? Uh, who was the guy, the subject of the movie? That's right. Yeah, it's sort of the guy I that walked off Papali, the street. Papali, but I'm not sure. Yeah, famously for the I don't. I know Julius. I don't think he'd go to a Golden Corral. That's just me. Well, Lindros and Reginald, big fans of the <laughs> Chocolate Fountain. So that tells me he's got ties yeah. to the Philadelphia area. Okay. And we'll take the Eagles. And then the next one, Kansas City at home, giving one to the Bengals. And this was a lovely photograph taken some time ago uh, at a county fair with Len Dawson, Willie Wilson, and Willie Mays Aiken. He's going to go... He's Going to go with the Chiefs? Going to go with the Chiefs, yeah. Even with a bad ankle? Even, yeah. So no, he's going with the two quarterbacks that have physical issues. Yes. He's going with Hurts and Mahomes. But going with the home teams. I okay. think that's that home is where your heart is. is well, he went with me. the home teams last week and finished 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, did not. He and Ma together went all home teams and finished 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, ja- Jackson. Whereas the North. other guys finished 3-1, and one, yes. just so you know. Yes. All right. That's good to know. All right, we will take a break. Um, what do we have next? Oh, we have Jason Lock and Fora. When we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. There's a new super group. The remaining Beatles. Springsteen Dillon. Brandon Costello. That's the core. That's the group. That's the outfit I want to open for. Bob says... 30 minutes, Byrne. That's what you get. No more, no less. Bruce says, enjoy yourself out there. <laughs> 30 minutes, please. Ringo says, peace and love. Paul says, try to keep the beat. Brandon Costello takes pictures of his feet. <laughs> Ringo, Bob, and Brandon as the ones who change their names seem to pal around the most. Paul and Bruce, see who can win at Wordle. We're doing stadiums from coast to coast. Somewhere around Shreveport, Bob and Bruce fall out. They leave the tour and shortly after, Ringo flies the coop. Then Paul quits and suddenly it's Brandon Costello and me in one fell swoop. Brandon Costello and me 
the last great super group. It's the brilliant Dan Byrne who writes, <laughs> what a thrill it was to talk to Tony. He asked me who I would most want to open for. I didn't have a great answer, but thought about it later and came up with this. All the best, and thank you so much again. <laughs> brilliant. Plays in Jason Locke and Fora. And the only thing, I, mean, I shouldn't say this, because we could start with the speculation about Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. But that's airy. That's, you know, the feet aren't on the ground. Frank Reich, the feet are on the ground with that one. Why in God's name would the owner of the Carolina Panthers hire Frank Reich and, and not hire the interim coach who went 6-6 six and six with a lousy team? A lousy team. Why? Well, look, I think Frank Reich is a competent NFL head coach. Yes. Um, but someone did the job there, and they came. I mean, if they had some just horrible breaks. If D.J. Moore keeps his helmet on after, and even if they really, I don't think, I think when D.J. Moore took his helmet off after that, in that crazy game with Atlanta, I actually think he was okay to take it. Whatever. Like, it took some fluke stuff for them not to win that bad division, despite him being left. You know, with a bleep sandwich from from Matt Rule and yes. that staff, one which and was four. not a great staff. <clears throat> and Steve Wilkes gets elevated with that staff and without really an NFL quarterback to speak of, and he's winning for a while with PJ Walker, and you know they're they're playing meaningful games into January. Uh, look, this league's track record of diversity, inclusion, equality—it's um, horrific. It's horrible. It's reached a point where they're trying. They can try to force people to hire someone in a prominent position who doesn't look like them, but they can't ultimately make them do it. And, you know, I guess David Tepper and I would heard this for a while and wrote about it a little bit to Washington Post. It was becoming obvious to some people who were a part of this process that he was infatuated with offense, 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 which I, I, I don't really understand um it's not <clears throat> proven to be the way to go but frank reich played there frank reich has strong ties there frank reich has a daughter who's on that you know who works there um frank reich has, you know was a winning coach for the colts frank reich got to the playoffs frank reich dealt himself with scenarios where the quarterback the other guys pitched uh picked generally couldn't play or play all that well like Frank Reich should be one of the 32 men in this league, but um, so should Steve Wilkes. So let, let me, yeah, let me you get know, to this. It's, it's just amazing. Like you could look at the Arizona Cardinals right now and look at this field of available coaches and say Steve Wilkes would be the perfect guy there. Guess what? They already chewed him up and spit him That's out right. and blamed him for a horrible season that was put together by their horrible general manager, Steve Kine, who not only picked all the players, but hired all the coaches around Steve Wilkes, and then by November was, was whispered to his cronies, I had to get this guy out of here. He's holding us back. I hired the wrong guy. No, you, hired, you, you put together the whole wrong everything. Well, he's gone too, so... Yeah, six years later. Yeah, so let me get to this. And again, this is not to denigrate Frank Reich on any level. Though... Frank Reich, with his reputation as a quarterback whisperer, in successive seasons with Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and Matt Ryan, players he chose, he did not distinguish himself. That would be fair to say, right, Jason? That would be fair to say. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, okay. they, they had a chance. I think that all started really fell apart when they had a chance to take care of business with the Jacksonville Jaguars in the final game of the 2021 season. And they didn't show up, and they got embarrassed. And that's when the owner said, all right, um, you know, I'm done with uh, your guy, Wentz, who, you know, you coached in Philly, and I'm, I'm taking back my franchise. And then 2022 was put on a course, you know, hell-bent for destruction, and by golly, Ursay <laughs> did. He, he destructed it. Well, I, I mean, um, I, I think it would be fair to say that you could not work, honestly, in succession for two worse owners than Ursay and Tepper. Tepper believes he's invented football. When Tepper bought the team, he he issued proclamations of what a genius he was. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm just gonna say this about Wilkes. He went six and six with yeah. a terrible team that yeah. ditched its best player, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. All right. And he went six and six in a lousy division. I grant you, but he went six and six. What I will compare this to is last year, Rich Passaccia, in a yeah. disaster in Las Vegas, a disaster where John Gruden was gone and everything would fall apart. He coached them into the playoffs. And that owner, Mark Davis, the son of Al Davis, decided he'd go fancy for Josh McDaniels. How'd they do? They didn't do that well. This is the comparison. I'm not going to talk about anything. I'm not even going to talk about inclusion and diversity. I'm going to talk about people who earned the right to get the job and didn't get it. What what is that? Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't know if there's some behavioral or psychological wow. study about in general in management situations when you know what I mean when someone's brought in as the caretaker, if there's already an inherent bias against, against them. them actually yeah. being the person. Maybe. I, I I I don't know. Um, I know that Steve Wilkes had a lot of support in that organization. A lot of people around David Tepper, who he thinks very highly of, people he's promoted from within. The energy of that organization were huge champions of Steve Wilkes, but ultimately, this billionaire who knows it all is going to do what he wants to do. I understand. And he hasn't gotten anything really right since he got there. No, and if, if you're Brian Flores, can he get it right on the football field, he can't get a practice. He doesn't know. He's, he's no good. And if, so, if you're, if you're Brian mean, Flores, you're saying, "I told you so. I told you so." What more does this guy have to do? And you know. They're, the way the league vets owners and whatever, they're going to, they're going to, look, whoever comes in with the biggest puffy pants with the most $100 bills falling out, just... it's going to win. But that doesn't mean they're the best people for the league. That doesn't mean that they're the people who will adhere to these aspirational goals of meritocracy, let the best man win, you know, let's, let's be fair and equitable and just in how we view these people. Um, they're not picking people who, who frankly want to do that. It's, it's, it's obvious. It's proven out every single year, you know. And and just look at the the, the men. Like look at the Lovey Smith situation. Look at the David Cully situation. Look at this situation now with Steve Wilkes. I mean, you 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 can you can draw your own conclusions. I'm not talking about bringing in a coordinator from another team. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you know, these. Uh, this guy was passed by. That guy was. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a guy who earned the job. He went six he turned and your season six. around and gave you hope. He won yes. more games in twelve weeks than yes. Rule did in I don't know probably years. Full fifty weeks. <laughs> yes, more than that. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Eighty I don't know. weeks. I'll do the math later. But I don't know. You get the point. Yeah. All right. We'll move off that because we both agree on that. That it's disgraceful. 
Aaron Rodgers to the Jets? Yes. You think that's possible? I, I mean, do I think Nathaniel Hackett is the key, is the key to that? No, I don't. I mean, right, right. there's a Nathaniel Hackett truthers who are out there. Oh, well, you know, go look what he did at quarter 17 in Jacksonville. Nah, <laughs> bro, I don't have to. I just, I just saw it. Right. I just saw it in Denver. Like, right. And then I saw what happened the two weeks where they let the kid out and call plays, and all of a sudden Russell Wilson looked like a functional quarterback again once they got the stench of Nathaniel Hackett off of all that <laughs> stuff. Like, no. No, I don't think that. Aaron Rodgers could do whatever he wants. And there were people who, in Denver who thought that Nathaniel Hackett was the key to getting Aaron, Aaron Rodgers a year ago. How'd that work out? Um, Aaron Rodgers, I believe, is going to be traded. He's going to force his way out of there, and he'll be able to pick his spot. I don't think New York is his spot. I, I do not think, you know, that we're, you know, playing for a defensive coach and Robert Sala, you know, reporting to Woody Johnson – and trying to prop up Nathaniel Hackett's resume. I don't think he's into any of that. Did so, Copper just bark? Did we no, hear Copper? Gigi. She's running around outside. Oh, okay. All right. Copper's chilling on the couch with okay. uh, right. Mateo. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think Aaron Rodgers, and I've got a column coming out at the Post. I kind of did, because this is a seasonal gig for me, so I'm like, i got to kind of empty the chamber here. <laughs> so I placed every quarterback with a new team, yeah. including the four who will go in the first round of the draft. Right. And I have Aaron Rodgers reuniting with Devontae Adams in Las Vegas. Okay. It's a dome. It's a fast track. A lot of pieces are in place on offense. Um, I, I, that's, that's my gut feeling at this point. Is I can see him in Vegas. I, I can't see him sitting you know, in front of his locker, and there's 50 media people all over that. You know what I mean? All, all over the locker room. I just don't think he's that's him i don't think he's there all right um i should get to this one thing mahomes ankle do you hear anything better it's better right i mean the gambling markets certainly seem to think it's better you know we've seen a little bit of video of him snippets of him doing calisthenics and obviously we got the zabruder film of him walking off that two-step dais there without anything on his ankle and you know making a nice cut to go through the door to go back to the locker room after he's done talking to the media right that's a lot different, though, than, you know, three and a half hours on a frozen Sunday afternoon with 11 highly paid individuals trained to snatch your soul, many of them bigger than you and or faster than you, at least some of them. So I, I, I have a hard time thinking this won't be some degree of an issue, that it won't affect some degree of Andy Reid's script and play calling, that whatever they shoot him up with at some point will wane. And that's been a really bad matchup for him anyway. I mean, he, that's right. he that's right. has struggled. They have struggled against the Bengals, particularly as those games have gone on and as the, the Bengals' super smart defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo, starts tweaking things, the Bengals have tended to distance themselves in the second half. And the Bengals in those three games, you know, Joe Burrow has outscored Patrick Mahomes 10 nothing, 10-3, and 3 nothing in the fourth quarter of the three Bengals' victories over the Chiefs. So Wow. I didn't love the Chiefs in this spot, even if Mahomes was 100%. Right. And I, I would say this as well. Um, the, the, you know, we got Zach Taylor, who's a descendant of Sean McVay, right? And, and Sean McVay plays what's called 11 personnel more than anybody in the league. Three wide receivers, one running back, one tight end. Zach Taylor plays the second most 11 personnel in the NFL. Joe Burrow in 11 personnel in those three games against the Kansas City Chiefs is 76 for 100 for just under wow. 900 yards, wow. eight touchdowns, no interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 130. 
The Kansas City Chiefs in general the last two years have faced more dropbacks in 11 personnel regular season and playoffs than any NFL team. They've surrendered 55 passing touchdowns at 11 personnel. That's 11 more than any other team in the NFL. 27th in completion, or 24th in completion percentage um, against them and 27th in opposer passer rating the last two years out of 11 personnel. Uh, that, to me, will I think that tells the story. And they've seen it. They've had opportunities to make the corrections. I don't think they have the personnel. I don't think it's going to work out for them. Um, and, that uh, yes, the Bengals have some offensive line issues, but they threw the ball within zero to five uh, yards of the line of scrimmage 46% of the time last week. Worked out pretty well for them, and they can run it on these guys too. So I, I, I like the Bengals to win this game. Fantastic bouquet of statistics. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Plug your podcast, your radio show. Well, I got a podcast. I'll yeah. plug that later. <laughs> plug your radio show. We'll find out if my voice holds up from 2 to 6 this afternoon. On the airwaves here in Baltimore on Inside Access on 105.7 The Fan. Um, you could stream that anywhere um, at www.1057thefan.com or listen to it in its entirety or as podcast and chopped up by segments on the Odyssey app. Um, and you can read me in the Washington Post and watch me uh, on CBS HQ and CBS Sportsline talking gambling. Um, before these games kick off on Sunday. It's just a fantastic bunch of statistics on that particular personnel group. I was going to say, Spagnolo shouldn't he do better, but you're saying they don't have the personnel to do better. That's really Well, the Bengals really stress you. I mean, when they've yeah. got the move tight end at Hurst, and they've got Boyd in the slot too, and they've got the Higgins and Chase outside, and two backs who can run it or catch it. Wow. And, and you know, maybe the best quarterback on the planet. It's it, You can know what's coming, but not be able to stop it. Yeah. Thank you, Jason, as always. Have a good one, guys. Enjoy the games. Jason Lockenfora. Who's better than him? Raise your hand. The answer is nobody is better than him. Nobody. We'll take a break. We'll come back with Carville, maybe, Ma, certainly. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Brian Bell submitting his own songs. It's called Natalie Wood. Since 2023, Natalie Wood's been gone a long time. Been gone for a bit. You gotta be my age or Carville's age to remember Natalie Wood. A girl named Maria, correct? She was Maria in West Side Story. Beautiful girl, Natalie. Oh, yeah. Didn't do her own singing in that movie, but she did that's not. understandable. This is Brian Bell. Michael, if people like Brian Bell want to submit their original music, this is a good rock and roll tune. It is. Uh, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. And you can get yourself into these songs when the podcast is over, and it's probably better than anything we're going to do. James Carville joins us. Three and one last week in the playoffs. 71, 41, and four. It's a shame that Ari Melber doesn't understand how important <laughs> betting is to this culture. 71, 41, and 4. You're happy about that, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, how can you not be happy with it? I mean, you know, and I, I, I got a little blue plate coming today, too. Okay. 
All right, so you, you're going to pick both football games, and then you're going to give I us... I will pick one football game. Oh, you're going to pick Burrow, aren't you? I know you. No, I, no because my great ACL-sports.com algorithm yeah. tell, tells me Kansas City. So I cannot... It, 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 my daddy would come out of his grave and slap me. Right, so you can't pick that game. You can't, I can't pick that game. Okay. I, 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 that, I'm just not going to pick it, because I'm going to pull for Cincinnati... And I don't want to pull against myself. Okay. Okay. You understand. I do. Totally. But I'm going to pick the uh, Eagles. And there's nothing that focuses the attention like getting up or hanging every fortnightly. Yeah. There's nothing that focuses the attention like picking the Giants and getting slaughtered by the Eagles. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> if you think 48 7 is a slaughter. <laughs> I yeah, have. yeah, and I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with a blue plate here. What do you got? A, a two times play. Two times. And again, uh, I know everybody's eagerly anticipating the Air Force New Mexico Lobos game. <laughs> yes, everybody. Is yeah, it what I, sport is it in? In basketball? Adam, you know, I went down to breakfast, and a guy was saying, "Hey, man, who you got in the Lobo game?" <laughs> so, who do you want? I, I want to. I want. New Mexico minus 12. And when is this game being played? Tonight. Where? They don't even know that. How can you have a sports show and you don't know when it's New Mexico? I just don't. I really, I don't follow I'm, Air Force <laughs> basketball. I'm, I'm, I'm pissing down your leg. <laughs> the only, well, I do know, I do know an Air Force graduate in basketball, Greg Popovich. Oh. But yeah. that's, that's 50 years ago. Yeah. Remember, we had Air Force as a blue plate, you know. In football. Yeah, you did. Yes. They're not against the Falcons now. All right, so we're we're picking the Lobos, and we're given 12. Right, and we're picking uh, uh, Philadelphia, and we're giving two and a half. Two and a half, two and a half. So and, and we're rooting for Cincinnati yeah, and we're rooting for Cincinnati, and we're gonna have a two-time play on the Lobos. Okay, we're good. Thank you, James. Right. We'll get you back, bet. James you Carville, bet. boys and girls. It's always good to have James Carville on the show, even though half the time, I, I, it's incredible to me that he actually it is incredible that he is now betting the New Mexico Air Force basketball. Feeling game. confident, you know. I have no idea if they're in the same conference. I assume that's. I don't know what that conference would be. Mountain West, maybe? Yeah, I'm not sure. Is it Mountain West, or is it something we'll like it? i it up for you. Yeah. Air Force in New Mexico, or they... It's, it can't be a non-conference game at this point in the year. Yeah, it wouldn't seem It's got to be a conference game. By the way, college basketball reminds me, I should say this. Uh, Billy Packer passed away. And Billy Packer, the booth with Billy Packer and Al McGuire, the college basketball booth with Billy Packer and Al McGuire, and they were with Dick Enberg on NBC... And they may have switched over and been with Jim Nance on CBS as well. But I know they were with, with Enberg on NBC. That's the best basketball booth, pro or college, I've ever heard. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, I just thought they were really, really good. Packer played college basketball at Wake. He's a son of a coach. Um, he, knew, he knew basketball. He was also critical. And one of the few guys that was actually critical. But I'll get off this soapbox. Jeff Ma joins us now. Jeff was 2-2. Two and two. We're not even counting your number one bet, the over. You had the over with Kansas City. I don't think you won that one, right? 
Or did you? I didn't win that one. That one went out with uh, Mahomes' With Mahomes' ankle. ankle. Yeah. But that's okay. We gave you two and two. You're 54-42-1. It's a fabulous winning. That's, you know, now we're talking about 100 games. And if people bet with you, they're winning. Who do you love? Do you, do you have any conflict with Rufus this week? Are you both aligned with these two games? Um, Rufus doesn't really have a ton in these games. I mean, I think the, the Kansas City game is, we know that game is all sort of based on the injury situation that's happening, right? Yeah. The, the yeah. line opened at Kansas City, I think, one and a half, and actually moved really quickly to Cincinnati, minus two and a half, those that were able to maybe grab a tease or something on Cincinnati, uh, um, on Kansas City, plus two and a half. And you're you're in really good shape because it's now come back to Kansas City, minus one. And I think by game time, it'll end up getting to Kansas City, minus... I think it's going to move, continue to move to Kansas City as we get more and more good news about Mahomes' ankle. I mean, we, we had... Stefania Bell from ESPN on our podcast this week, and we did a long, deep dive into his ankle and how to analyze it and how to look at injuries generally. Um, Rufus has this line as uh, Chiefs minus four and a half if you have a 100% healthy uh, Mahomes. So this really comes down to how much, how injured you think Mahomes is and and what the delta will be between what he normally is and, and what he will be. Um, but yeah, I actually like Kansas City in this game, certainly at the one and a half. Um, I think, you know, he's shown he has an ability to play when injured. Um, the fact that he's been practicing all week, um, we weren't even sure if he was going to practice this week and he's been practicing this week. Uh, you know, we have no idea what exactly. We're losing you. We're losing you. Your phone. You, can you hear me? We're losing you. Where are you? Uh, it may be my speaker. Hold on. Let me just move it on to my speaker. Is this better? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So go back over that Mahomes thing a little bit, what you were saying. Simply a case of... No, you're not on at all, Jeff. We don't have you at all now. Um, you know, the, the Rufus has this as a four-and-a-half-point spread, Kansas City favored by four-and-a-half, if Mahomes was totally healthy so what is the delta between him being healthy and him you right, know right. what he is right now i think he is you know in reasonable shape because you know we didn't think he was going to be practicing at all this week he's practiced um every little bit of video that you've seen out of that uh practice has been overanalyzed his gait everything about it but again you know, we had stefani bell on from espn this week we 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 talked about what we could look for this week and all the additional news and the fact that he is practicing and looks to be moving relatively well my guess is this line will continue to move towards kansas city so if you want to bet kansas city you should bet it now and i do like kansas city minus one and a half okay i thought it was one but we would give you one because that's what we've got yeah, which one is better line. I, I saw it recently at one and a half when i checked okay. this morning when i woke up at 5 30 a.m to be on the show with you guys fantastic sacrifice <laughs> on your part um <laughs> how about 49ers philadelphia which i think is two and a half at the moment plus san francisco two and a half yeah this line i think is about right it's 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 a tough one because i think you know, when you look at Philadelphia, Philadelphia was a team that everyone believed would be um, would have a great season. And one of the reasons that they were a, a popular pick was because they had a very weak schedule. 
and you're kind of seeing that. Um, you saw that in the results. There was a point at, at one point where people thought they might go undefeated because of that season, but yet they they did lose three games. You know, part of that was Jalen Hurts getting hurt. Um, I think again, you have a question of injury in this game, and it's not just Jalen Hurts; it's Lane Johnson because that offensive line needs to be 100. percent I mean, this offensive line versus this defensive line of San Francisco is going to be the matchup to watch. They're probably the two best units yeah. of their you know of their type in, in the NFL. So, like that trench warfare is going to be incredibly fun to watch. Um, and I I do worry that if Lane Johnson isn't 100 percent healthy that this is a situation where he will get exposed and the Niners will go after him um, because, you know, Stefani actually made a point on our show that she thinks that that's an injury worth watching that people still aren't talking about because you know, he, he, he hasn't been practicing. He practiced for the first time, I think, yesterday in like a, over a month. So um, I, 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 I like the Niners in this game, um, and it really comes down much more to – not pure numbers because the numbers would actually say this is a fair line or even um, that there's some value on that Bengal and that on the Eagles. But I, I worry again that those numbers are somewhat being uh, misleading because of the easy schedule that um, the Eagles have played. Some, you know, sometimes numbers and, and models just don't expose the whole story. I think Wilbon would agree with that. Wilbon would say that numbers are junk. That's what he would say. Just junk and shut up and sit yeah. down. That's what Wilbon would say. So you got San Francisco and Kansas City, and we can hear yeah. this this stuff on Bet the Process this week with Stefania. Yeah, we yeah we do a pretty deep dive into that, and and okay. we actually talk about my fiftieth birthday party. We did the post mortem from that, which which Rufus came out for, and we played golf at Silverado, um, where they play the PGA Tour event. Um, I, I had three wonderful days of golf, Tony. I played Lake Merced, played Silverado, and then I played Half Moon Bay. That's great. That's just yeah. great. Good for you. Good for you. It's good to be old, isn't it, when you get to be able to play those courses? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good to still, you know, be 50 and still be able to play golf three days, three, three days roughly in a row. So Happy for you. Good for you. All right, we'll talk. Well, we'll do the postmortem okay. on this in a week. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff Ma, okay, boys and girls. Man. And you can listen to him on Bet the Process with Rufus. We will take a break. We will come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all of you folks. But don't send in faxes. My thanks to Jason Fuse for that. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. And you were correct. It was the Mountain West. Mm, that's what I thought uh, it might be. Yeah, so that's an interconference matchup. Before we get to the mail, let me just say Virgil though. Kane is the name. And I served on the Danville train till Stillman's Cavalry came. Tore up the tracks again. In the winter of 65, we were hungry. Just barely alive. By May the 10th, Richmond and Fell, it's a time I remember oh so well. The night they drove old Dixie down. That is Levon Helms singing. That is the band. That is one of the great songs of all time. Uh, yes. Oh, I'm throwing this down on the ground before I say thanks to our guests today. Chuck Todd, Jason LaComfora, 
James Carville, Jeff Ma. Thanks to our sponsor, ButcherBox. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. And if you run into Harry Melber, yeah. say hi for <laughs> him. Uh, we still have TK Nervous Active at johnnyo.com. I'll have a new code for the next uh, month, but I would like to give a special plug. Uh, this is for Claude Jennings, friend of the show. Yes. His son Manny oh. has a book yes. that you can find on Amazon, It's Okay to Be Me. And uh, it's uh, his talking about uh, moving through his stuttering and finding his confidence, his voice. That's lovely. That's yeah, fantastic. Let's well, lovely. Say the title again. It's Okay to Be Me. Lovely. By Manny Jennings. This is from you, Luda Ho. Back in freshman year of college, there was a girl I had my eye on who lived in the dorms next to mine. She was an intellectual, and given this was Berkeley, I felt I needed to hold my own on that front to win her affection. We talked about the work of Gabriel Garcia Marquez. I read poetry. I went to art house plays in the Tenderloin, all on the premise that I was smart, not dumb. <laughs> Finally, about halfway through the semester, I made my move during a study session. The lights were dimmed to a warm glow, gentle rain outside, the hum of folk rock playing softly in the background. Much to my surprise, my advances were well-received. Weeks of hard work well rewarded. Don't blow this kid. After a few minutes, there was a tense break in the romance. Needing to fill this silence like an idiot, I take note of the music and I blurt out, I love Dylan, especially his early stuff. She abruptly pulled away as though I'd grown something between my eyes. This is Dan Byrne, she said. <laughs> and those were the last meaningful words she ever said to me. We would see each other on occasion in the dorms, but it was never the same after that night. I was a fraud, and it was Dan Burns' unpolished but soulful twang that outed me and ruined my chance of shuttling my Mensa-level children named after exotic fruits around town in our Subaru Outback. Thanks a lot, pal. Brilliant. Brilliant email. From Justin Monteforti in Ambler, Pennsylvania. Imagine my disappointment listening to Monday's show and not a word about Applebee's moving on from the Cheers theme to start me up. I assume your silence is a tacit approval. It is not a tacit <laughs> approval. I heard this after I saw this email that they are doing start me up. Applebee's is a plague. They are a pox. Anyway, that is not the reason for this email. The woman to whom I'm related by marriage is a veterinarian. About 10 years ago, her hospital had to implement a policy where anything she has to surgically remove from your animal, you cannot have back. This was after the third instance of her removing the same item from the same dog on the same day. Ironically, the final instance of this occurring was a dog that had swallowed its owner's stash of golf balls. I asked her what kind of golf balls they were that the owner asked for them back after they had literally been inside their dog, but she didn't think to look or remember. Needless to say, I was disappointing in her, saving the dog's life notwithstanding. <laughs> From David Finley. Never play a refurbished Portland, ball. Maine. Michael, you're going to have to help me with this. I've not emailed the podcast in about six months. You may remember me as the L.L. Bean Pants Guy as I tried to explain the important differences between the Northwoods, Lake Washed, and Double L Classic Chinos. Riveting conversation, and one I am sure the Littles are happy has passed us by. <laughs> Fast forward. I've switched careers from being L.L. Bean Pants Guy to R.T.I.C. Cooler Guy. You're the Arctic Cooler Guy? Oh, that's Arctic? Oh. That's yeah. how it's said. I enjoyed last week's banter about Arctic and Yeti coolers. Both coolers can keep your beer cold for a week, and you can throw them off the roof of one of Wilbon's mansions or have them attacked by an inebriated <laughs> Reginald, the and they will survive with barely a scratch. One big color. difference is price. <laughs> the other who is on the, who is on the show um, would align with the brand. I will let the listeners draw their own conclusions, but Saliza represents Yeti, and I would say Michael would be an Arctic guy. Mr. Tony, sadly, I would guess you would be most comfortable with an old styrofoam cooler bought at the refugee Safeway. Yeah. Keep up the good work and expect an Arctic package, care package soon. 
Arctic Cooler Guy Dave Finley. Dave, Portland, I would Maine. let you know Arctic has great customer service. I actually purchased one of their coolers. It was the wrong size. So easy to send it back. Hey, you have listeners everywhere. It's, oh, it's amazing. Fantastic. They have great dog bowls, too. From Jeff mm. in Madison, while I'm tempted to send a snarky email about how dogs singing being the new mailbag theme, I'd rather just state how great Steve Young and Booger McFarlane are in talking football. They both bring such intelligence and emotion to the conversation that I hang on every word when they are on this show or PTI. It's incredible content every time they're on. Just another thing I will miss in the NFL offseason. Oh, and our black lab grabbed a meatloaf off the dining room table once right in front of us. It was amazing. <laughs> Steve Young, as Nigel can attest, so happy to have Johnny O Prada. So happy. So happy. Yeah, I'm going to try and work this into the new code. Just so happy. <laughs> okay, Charles, Charlie Schreier, Playa Vista, California. I think I just had my first David, ever David Aldridge moment. In the show on Wednesday, you started the ad first segment saying, this is the liquid IV read. And I thought to myself, hey, I know that hydration powder. Born and bred in an entrepreneurship class at Loyola Marymount University, a.k.a. the House of Hank Gathers and recent spoiler to Gonzaga's lengthy home win streak, Liquid IV has become a global brand with an amazing mission following an investor list. The rehydration company started, as you might expect, from a couple of enterprising college buddies as a hangover cure. But they were motivated and obviously savvy at creating space in a market featuring Gatorade and Powerade by becoming entirely mission-driven. Not only does the company have a great product, but they are also very dedicated to philanthropy. Brandon, Hayden, and Cameron were the original founders, all three of whom I shared many adult beverages with during our four years together at LMU. They were and still are great guys. Couldn't be happier for their success. Isn't that great? That is really, that's something. Uh, from Gus in South Glens Falls, New York. Uh, I know it well. I know it well. My roommate in college, David Carpenter, was from Glens Falls. In discussing Ari Melber's interview with Carville, you make the comment that he has no idea what Carville is talking about. Come on, man. What are we even doing here? Let's face it. Usually none of us has an idea of what Carville is talking about. <laughs> At least point. he didn't start talking about T-Boy. Would have been some serious radio silence. From Gary Van Giesen. Just wanted to thank you for showing the painting of the dog gazing up at the tennis ball on PTI. It's great. We heard you talk about it on the recent podcast, and it was a treat to actually see it on TV since many of us littles don't get to see you on News Channel 8. Just another example of Uncle Tony showing a little love to his loyal audience. Love the show and all the dog talk. Hi, Chessie. From George Siegel in... That George Ch Siegel? Not that George Siegel. In Chocowinty, Chocowinity, North Carolina. Unfamiliar with that completely. Listening to the podcast while walking my golden, Riley, I had my David Aldridge moment. We have a special Tom Mosser painting. In 2019, my daughter Michelle asked Tom if he could customize his golden at the museum painting to commemorate our three previous goldens, as well as our, previous, our present golden, Riley, attaches a photo of my birthday present that year. Tom was so accommodating, he painted each golden's furs to match theirs, added a stick one of the pups always carried, and added the names on the collar of each dog. It now hangs in a prominent place in the breakfast kitchen area, only 11 outlets, above Riley's dining area. As a transplanted Pittsburgher, retired and living in Chuckawinity, North Carolina, please feel free to join me for a round of golf on Cypress Land and Golf Club on your way south. And it's a beautiful picture. Look at that. It's yeah. four Goldens. Yeah, that's really fantastic. It's four fantastic. Goldens. And I will, and then he's it's got a, his own dog. Yeah, it's a photograph of a dog looking up at the... Just the tremendous. <laughs> yeah, it's I'll very do cool. one more. I'll do one more, okay? And by the way, um, I believe I've said this before, that when we're done with the 
PTI show with that painting, that goes to Michael, to his house and his kids, right? Wow. Yeah. That's that very out- generous of you. This is from Evan Dorthimer. Dear Mr. Tony, I'm writing to let you know that Dan Byrne is not only brilliant, but generous and gracious as well. I took my eight-year-old son, Max, to see him last night in Wayne, Pennsylvania. I know where Wayne, Pennsylvania is. Yeah, sure. Before going on stage, Dan chatted him up a little bit about sports and music, autographing a copy of the album he and his daughter made. The show was not only entertaining and engaging, but educational as well, as he taught the audience about a cheese shop in D.C., the year-by-year home run totals of Barry Bonds, and about a certain seven-foot-two-inch French basketball player with a catchy name. (laughs) The highlight for me came during the golden voice of Vin Scully song when he improvised a baseball sequence in Vin Scully's voice with Max as the hero, eventually going deep off the warrior guard Max Scherzer. As you often reminds us, this guy opens for the who, and for one night that he'll never forget, he made my son feel like the center of the universe. Tony, thank you for introducing Dan Byrne into our lives. And Dan, you've gained a couple of lifelong fans. Can't wait to see you again next time you're in the area. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. I hate bananas. I hate pumpkins. I like olives. I hate watermelon. I hate squirrels. (laughs) I love coming (laughs) pears. There's a new super group. The remaining Beatles. Springsteen Dillon. Brandon Costello, that's the core, that's the group, that's the outfit I want to open for. Bob says, 30 minutes, Byrne, that's what you get, no more, no less. Bruce says, enjoy yourself out there, (laughs) 30 minutes, please. Ringo says, peace and love. Paul says, try to keep the beat. Brandon Costello takes pictures of his feet. Ringo, Bob, and Brandon as the ones who change their names seem to pal around the most. Paul and Bruce see who can win at Wordle. We're doing stadiums from coast to coast. Somewhere around Shreveport, Bob and Bruce fall out. They leave the tour and shortly after Ringo flies the coop Then Paul quits and suddenly It's Brandon Costello and me In one fell swoop Brandon Costello and me The last great super
sentence and a single girl. 